Hello and welcome back to the Fantasy Football CU Podcast. This is Andrew here with you again. And what a plot twist this is. I thought I had this figured out. I thought I was going to make maybe an episode every few weeks during the offseason. But after looking into some things, man, I have so much to talk about. I plan on making an episode every single week up until the year starts when we can go over the draft season. We can go over um, weekly fantasy lineups and trades and all that good stuff during the season itself. So i got a lot of content that I'm going to make for you guys in today's episode. We're going to go over my biggest breakouts for next year. Some guys that this year broke out and I believe that they're going to continue. So that's my definition of breakouts. Players that had a great year this year and I think they will continue to do that. There are some guys that broke out in a way of speaking. I just don't see them continuing. But these guys we're going to talk about, I do feel like they're going to continue this great fantasy goodness for all of us to love on our fantasy teams. I'm also going to look at some of the biggest rookies that might be coming up in this draft, talk about maybe where they're going to land as far as where it sounds like a most likely spot, most likely team that's going to draft them. We'll dive much deeper into rookies in the draft when it gets closer to the draft, but I'm going to just touch on that today. And we'll also discuss the Super Bowl. My pick, what I'm looking for, but first, as we always do, let's start with the Word of God. And today we're going to go to the book of 2 Corinthians. We're going to look at chapter 12, verse 9. And this is what it says. But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. I just love that. His grace is sufficient for us. There's lots of things in this life that are hard or that we strive for, that we want more of, more success, more financial freedom, more, more, more. His grace is sufficient for us. And sometimes we need to be content with that. Of course, having goals is wonderful. Looking forward to some things, trying to be better, but we just can't get away from his grace being sufficient. It's really the only thing we absolutely need in this life. Okay, now let's start here with the Super Bowl. This Sunday, mm, this weekend, it's Chiefs 49ers. Man, this is going to be such a good game. I've been thinking about this one all week. Um, And I'm rooting for the 49ers, I believe, because of how Brock Purdy is so outspoken for his belief and his um, need for Christ and giving glory to his name. I love that. I love, love, love that. So I'm rooting for him. I think overall I'm rooting for the 49ers. Um, they haven't won one in a while. Um, Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, they've won a lot of Super Bowls. They've been to pretty much every Super Bowl the past five years, but one. So I feel like maybe it's due time for someone else. Um, but who I think is going to win, man, it is hard to go against Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, especially, especially when they've had two weeks to prepare. And if you look at Kyle Shanahan and his history in the Super Bowl with a 28-3 lead against the Patriots, how did that end up? I just think he's been overthinking it so far this playoffs because 49ers have been losing 
big time to teams they shouldn't be. Teams are much better than, and they do not need to do that against the Chiefs. If they do that against the Chiefs, they're not coming back. The Chiefs are going to not let them win that game if they have a two-touchdown lead. But saying all of that, to me, man, to me, the better team usually wins, even though the Chiefs have the best player, probably the best player in football. I do believe the 49ers are the better overall team, so I'm going to pick them to win by two points. Let's say it's a 30-28 to game. I'm picking the 49ers to win. I don't feel great about it. And it's very hard for me to root, not root, but to pick against Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid and the Chiefs' really good defense. But that's what I'm going with. That's what I'm picking. I'm picking 49ers 30 over the Chiefs 28. We'll see how close I am or how awfully wrong I am. But now, let's dive into, I think let's talk about the rookies next. I want to go there first. Um, I'm not going to dive a lot into this. I'm just going to give a few names per position of some players that should be fantasy relevant next year and maybe where they're going to land. Talk about it a little bit. Let's start with the quarterback position. We're going to start with Caleb Williams. He's you know widely known as the number one overall pick. Um, it's he's the probably the best player in this draft. He is so fantastic, especially with um, when, when things go wrong, when he has to kind of uh, make things up, when he has to improvise. He is so good at that. It's it's Patrick Mahomes esque. Um, that he has to improvise and just make wonderful plays out of nowhere. It's so fun to watch. Um, and, I mean, most likely he's going to be drafted by the Bears. I don't really see anything else happening. I don't see how you can pass on that, even though they have Justin Fields. And Justin Fields is good. I just don't see how you can pass on something like a Caleb Williams unless they get like some kind of crazy haul, like four or five first-round draft pick trade offer. Then they might go for that. Um I don't see that happening. I think the Bears are going to draft him. They'll probably trade Justin Fields, maybe for a second or something. And then we'll see how he does in that offense. Um, I don't like it, being a Vikings fan. I don't want to see Caleb Williams twice a year, but most likely the Bears are going to draft him. Then the next quarterback is probably going to be the number two pick in Drake May, even though I have been hearing hearing some, some momentum on him maybe not being picked number two. But for right now, that's where it's looking like. He's either probably going to go to um, Washington or if he slips to the Patriots. I don't really see him going further. Um, and he's more of your um, just legitimate pocket passer. A lot of people are comparing him to a Justin Herbert, just tall, very strong arm, and still athletic. He can still use his legs. Um, so he's, he's going to have a great, great year, great great career as quarterback and if he goes to the commanders then that's going to really really upgrade those pass catchers Terry McLaurin might finally finally be worthy of a solid draft pick in fantasy and be worthy of his wide receiver one talent because he hasn't really been able to use that because he hasn't really had great quarterback play but maybe they will get Drake May and he has that finally or if he goes to the Patriots then you know He'll be on the Patriots with really nobody to throw to, but we'll see where he lands. Um, and then the other quarterback is Jaden Daniels. This might be the biggest fantasy quarterback, especially year one, 
because of how crazy quick and fast and athletic he is and still has that great passing ability. He is the closest thing to Lamar Jackson. Um, I think Lamar Jackson might be a little bit faster than him, but I think Jaden Daniels might actually be a better passer. I don't know. It's hard to say right now. Um, but most likely he is going to either be going flip-flop with Drake May, either the Patriots or Washington. I mean, it sounds like he's going to go number three. It sounds like boom, 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 one, two, three, all quarterbacks. We'll see if that happens or not, but that's what it's sounding like. Um, and now let's go over to the running back position, actually, because there's really only one to talk about that um, is worthy of thinking about draft for fantasy right now. There's always running backs that come out late, fourth, fifth, sixth, even undrafted running backs that really do well for us in fantasy that we never thought of. Look at Kyron Williams. No one thought of him doing really much of anything. I've got where he was drafted, but it wasn't a high draft pick. But now look at him. He's fantastic. We need Kyron Williams. Um, but there's one guy in here. His, um from Texas, Jonathan Brooks. So he is going to be um, probably drafted in the second round. That's what it's looking like. Um, and there are some teams that might be interested in me, like the Packers or the Texans, because the Packers might be losing Aaron Jones. And the Texans, I think he look really good in the Texans with that great offense, and they're, they don't really have that legitimate running back, and he could be that guy for them. Um, so that's someone to look out for in the draft. And then um, next, let's go to tight ends, because there's only a couple there. The biggest one is Brock Bowers. He is, oh man, he is a beast. He is a beast. And right now it's sounding like he could go either to the Chargers or the Saints. And either one of those teams, I would absolutely love it. Because that's the one thing really the Chargers are missing. They've got great receivers, getting a little older, but their tight end spot has not really been great. Everett's been fine, but if they got Brock Bowers, it would really be good. And I like it in the Saints as well, because Derek Carr, he likes a big target. And Brock Bowers will be just so utilized in that Saints offense. So that's someone to look for um, as far as tight ends go. And then the other one we have is Jatavian Sanders. Um, he is probably going to be a second-round pick. Brock Bowers is going to be like top 10 most likely. Um, but with Sanders, he might be going to the Bengals or the Dolphins. That's kind of the, the noise out there right now. But it's hard to really tell this early. Um, but he is very athletic as well. He can be a great pass catcher for either team that gets drafted or anyone who drafts him. So... Keep an eye on that. Um, I don't know if he's going to be draftable in fantasy right away until you see it, but Brock Bowers definitely, definitely is. Um, now we're going to go to perhaps the deepest part of this draft, the wide receivers. There is three studs at the top, and there's a lot of guys deep. But we'll talk about those studs. First, of course, Marvin Harrison Jr. This is widely known as one of the best wide receiver prospects in a long, long, long time. Long, long, long time. Um, we'll see if that actually turns out to be the case, but he is getting so much buzz, um, and he's probably going to go to the Cardinals at four, um, unless the Patriots want to take him at three, because they do need a receiver. If they want to pass on quarterback and take him at three, they could, um, but for us in fantasy, it'd be better if he went to the Cardinals, because Kyler Murray will be able to get him the ball. Don't know so much about Mac Jones, but we'll see what happens there. Um the next receiver we need, to, we need to keep an eye on, keep our ears up for, is Malik Neighbors. He, if um, if Marvin Harrison Jr. wasn't in this draft, Malik Neighbors would be the number one wide receiver, and he'd be a top five pick. 
That's how good he is. He just happens to be in the class with Marvin Harrison Jr. Um, but a lot of buzz coming out as he could go to the Giants. Um, maybe the Bears' second pick at nine, he could go there. But I don't, I don't really anticipate him falling that far. Or the Chargers might take him. I think they have the five pick. The Chargers might take him at five instead of Brock Bowers. Very possible because the receivers are getting old. They're getting expensive. So they might want to go with the young route. And Malik Habers is so good. So good. Um, and the other one to keep our ears and our eyes on is Roma Dunze. This dude is just fantastic. Um, he's either going to probably go to a few different teams. He's probably going to be the third wide receiver draft that I would anticipate. So we bounce him down a little bit to either the Giants, um, to either the Giants, the Titans, or even that Bears pick at pick nine. So um, those are the wide receivers to look at in this draft. And those are really the main guys that I'm looking at right now. A lot of time to go. There's still the... Um, we already passed the Senior Bowl, but there's still the Combine. There's still free agency. Some teams might get what they need in free agency, so we'll see what happens. But those are some of the biggest guys to keep your eyes on. But now I want to talk about um, some breakouts for fantasy for next year that we need to think about and kind of jot this down and look at drafting a little bit higher next year because these guys broke out, and I think they're going to continue to do that. Let's start with the quarterbacks. First one I want to talk about is C.J. Stroud. He was basically undrafted this year in fantasy, and he ended up as quarterback nine. He was, I mean, he was fantastic. He was either riding your bench at the beginning of the year, or he was just free on free agency. And when he started to ball out, you picked him up, and he ended up as quarterback nine. That's just wonderful. He was averaging about 18 points per game. He is the real deal. He's going to be probably around QB6 next year, I would think, in that range, in, in that um, Justin Herbert, in that Lamar Jackson-ish, in that Joe Burrow-ish, in that range. C.J. Stroud's going to be right in that mix, right in that mix, and he's going to be so good next year. The next one, Jordan Love. He was drafted about quarterback 22, ended up as quarterback 5. He ended the year so strong, started out a little weak, a little suspect. He still put fantasy points though even though it was kind of like not pretty but he averaged about 18 points per game as well and he is going to be really good next year and from here on out we need to keep an eye on jordan love i think fortunately as a vikings fan i think he is he's, he's legit and next one you might not consider this a breakout so to speak because he kind of broke out last year but we weren't sure if he was going to continue to do that we thought it was just the team and that's brock purdy um, he was drafted at about quarterback 16, so probably a quarterback 2 on your team, a bench player for maybe a bye week fill-in. But he ended the year as quarterback 6. He was so good. He was averaging about 18 points per game again, just like the other two. Um, but the biggest thing for him is his such great weapons and such a good offense that he is on. So he is going to be continuing to have success in this league. Top 10 quarterback next year. Keep your eye on him. He could be a solid starter for you week in and week out. Now let's go to the running back position. And we're going to start with an obvious one, Kyron Williams. I mean, he came out of nowhere, kind of. We heard some buzz about him last year. Um, but this past fantasy season, he was just fantastic. He was drafted at about running back 52. He ended at running back 7. The value in that is insane. And he's going to continue to do that. He was averaging about... 21 points per game and this is the big thing and i and unless this happens in the offseason i don't think this is going to change 
he was playing pretty much every single running back snap for the Rams. He was the only guy they wanted out there. And he was paying off. He was giving them so much production, he, they couldn't get him off the field. And that, to me, is going to continue next year. Next up is, is someone that might not be as obvious here because of his um, running back roommate, and that's Devon Achan. Um, so he started out kind of slow because he was kind of injured in the preseason. They didn't utilize him very much, but he ended up, when he got the ball, he was just so smooth, so electric, so fun to watch, and just any time he got the ball could be a touchdown. He was drafted about running back 35, ended about running back 24, so not huge value, but he missed a lot of time due to some injury, which is the concern. He is a smaller guy, but man, he, would have, he was averaging 17 points per game, and he was doing that while he was splitting touches with a Raheem Mostert. I kind of feel like that's going to switch next year, maybe. I don't know for sure, but I think Devon Achan might be getting more volume next year than he did this year. Uh, it was probably like a 60-40 split between him and Mostert. I kind of think it might be flipped. might be 60-40 Achan to Mostert next year. So he has almost limitless potential. But probably the biggest one here. Um, he kind of broke out last year a little bit, but then he tore his ACL, so we weren't really sure what was going to happen, but that's Brees Hall. Um, he was drafted at about running back 10, ended up as running back 2, second best running back in fantasy. And that was with his slow start. They kind of eased him into it, didn't really give him a big workload until the very end. He was averaging 17 points per game, and um, I truly think he's going to be a top three pick next year. So if you want Brees Hall, you're going to have to pay a premium, but he's going to be worth it because his offense is going to be better next year too. He's probably going to score more touchdowns because Aaron Rodgers is going to be back. They have a high draft pick, probably um, solidify that offensive line. Brees Hall is going to be great and worth the top five, top three pick. And the next, we have the wide receivers. Um, we're going to start with another obvious one, Puka Nakua. I mean, I don't think anyone really saw this coming. He was undrafted. I picked him up on a lot of waivers um, after the first week, and sometimes even before the first week, just say, well, let's see what this guy's all about. He ended up as wide receiver four for the year, broke all those rookie records. He was averaging 17 points a game over that. Um, and I think that's going to continue next year. I really do. Cooper Cup will be healthy. So they'll split the targets a little bit more, but this offense has plenty, plenty of room for two studs, and Puka Nakua is going to continue to be a stud next year. Next breakout at the wide receiver position is Nico Collins. Um, he was drafted about wide receiver 54. He ended the year as wide receiver 12. Wide receiver 12. Again, averaging over 17 points per game, and his quarterback is legit. This is definitely going to continue. Um, this offense is great. He is the number one receiver. Tank Dell will be back. Yes, that will eat into his production a little bit, but Nico Collins is here and here to stay. Next up, we have one of my favorites. Unless things change, which it might in the offseason or the draft, but that's Rasheed Rice. He is the wide receiver one and about Patrick Mahomes offense that Patrick Mahomes trusts and Rasheed Rice has a lot of talent and produces when he gets the ball. That's just a recipe for success. Um, he was drafted at about wide receiver 56, ended as wide receiver 27, he, he had a slow start, but toward the end of the year, you can tell 
he was basically the only one Mahomes trusted. He was averaging about 13 points per game, but that's mainly because he didn't miss any time. He played every game. In those first few weeks, first half of the year, he didn't score that much. But at the end of the year, he was tearing it up, and he is the guy in that Chiefs offense. Next up at the tight end position, we're going to start with the number one tight end in fantasy, Sam Laporta. He was drafted as tight end 19. I mean, people might have thought he could be something. He could be the Lions' number one tight end, but no one saw this coming. Next year, he's probably going to be drafted as tight end one, at worst, tight end two, and that's exactly his value. So he is the first tight end breakout for me. Next, um, well, actually, so he also had 14 points per game. He had 10 touchdowns. That's insane. 10 touchdowns. Wow, Sam Laporta was, was playing so well this year. Next one might not be known as a breakout because he was already widely known as a solid tight end, but I put him on here because no one expected this from him, and that's Evan Ingram. He was drafted as tight end eight. He ended up as tight end two overall points for the year. He was averaging 13 points per game, but this, this right here, this stat is what's crazy for me. He had 114 receptions. That was the most receptions for any tight end. Trevor Lawrence looked for him early and often, and I don't think that's changing. Calvin Ridley might not be on that team next year. That's some of the buzz that we're hearing. And so with one less person in that offense, Evan Ingram might get more targets, more receptions. It's insane to think, but it's possible. Um, and the last one here is Trey McBride. Man, this guy is so good. He was drafted at tight end 28. He ended up at tight end 7. He was over um, 10 points per game, but he ended the season with four games over 20 fantasy points. Start out kind of slow, but then once he got things moving a little bit, he ended the year so well, and he is the guy in that offense now, and um, Kyler Murray trusts him. And he is just so good. And he's going to continue that success because of how just athletic and awesome he is. Okay, well, that is um, enough about fantasy football for, for today. That's all I have. Now, let's get real. And, and last week, we talked about the storms of life. Um, and those are more about just crazy huge events that happen that really get you down in the dumps and get you into, sometimes into a desert or a wilderness. And that's what I want to talk about today is the wildernesses of life. Storms usually are major things that happen that come our way, some really strong difficulties. But wildernesses are more along the lines of um, spiritually you're just dry. You're not really feeling God's leading, not really feeling God's presence at the time, and you're not sure you're not sure what he's doing. You're not sure what to turn. Um, and let's start with some scriptures about wildernesses and how God gets you out of those. Isaiah 43, 19. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. God will make a way when we're in our wildernesses. And I love this verse. This verse is just, just fantastic. Revelation 12, 6. And the woman fled into the wilderness where she has a place prepared by God in which she is to be nourished for 1260 days. So sometimes when we're led into the wilderness, 
It's a place God already prepared for us because sometimes in our wilderness, in our deserts of life, sometimes there's a lot we have to learn, a lot God's trying to teach us. Um, take Moses, for example. When he was in the wilderness after he led his people out of Egypt, God was trying to humble him, trying to grow him, trying to mature him to be able to be used to the fullest manner. Um, that's what happens in our lives as well. I know for me, for me personally, whenever I was basically kicked out of my home, out of my apartment, and my um, second wife was filing for divorce and told me I, I wasn't welcome in that house anymore, I had to find my own way. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know where to go. I was lost. I didn't know what God was doing. I did find um, those roommates to live with. I thought, okay, I can tell that this is this is where God's leading me. I have faith in that. I believe that, but I don't see it really. I don't feel it. I don't know what he's doing. I sat in that bed when I got in that room and I was just, I felt so lost. I prayed. I said, God, I don't know what, I don't know what you want for me here. I believe you want me here, but I don't know. I'm trusting you. Sometimes that's all we can do when we're in that wilderness is trust him. And I can tell you, once I got out of my desert, out of my wilderness, I can see what he was doing. I thought, wow, so that's what God was doing. I had no idea. And I'm so thankful that I went through that to be matured, to be the person I am, to be this close to God. Um, because that time in the apartment that I was in, I grew the, one of the biggest times I grew the closest with God during that time because my roommates, they, um, they were just, they were fantastic. They, they had their flaws, of course, but being around multiple brothers in Christ and growing with them really close, almost intimately in a way in that apartment just really grew my faith, grew my walk with God and prepared me for when my wife now, the woman I have never dreamed of, was to enter it, where I can lead this family the correct way I wouldn't have been able to done before, wouldn't have been able to do that before my desert, before my wilderness. So if you're going through a wilderness right now, keep your eyes on the Lord. You might not be able to see him, but keep your eyes on him the best you can. Continue to praise him because um, God... Um, God inhabits the praise of his people. So when you're praising him, he is there. He hears you. He sees you. And when we praise him and focus on his glory and his love for us, puts us in a better place. We're not focused on the difficulty, on the pain, on the dryness. We're focused on him. And that can pick us up a little bit to have us continue to be motivated to move forward. That's what you have to do when you're in your wilderness is just move forward and trust him. Well, everyone, thank you so much for joining me in this episode. Um, next week, we're going to talk about some really, really fun things. Um, we're going to talk about draft preparation because to me, draft preparation starts pretty much when fantasy season ends. We're going to talk about um, what to look for in the new um, fantasy football season next year, some draft strategies. Um, we're going to have a lot of fun. Thank you guys so much for joining me. If you have any questions on fantasy football, I'd love to answer them. You can go to my website, fantasyfootballcu.com, where we have a free public forum. You can join in, ask any questions you want. Also a section I'd love to pray for you if you're going through a wilderness right now. Just either 
um, let me know in the um, prayer section on my website or just leave me a comment on X if you want a private comment prayer. Um, Fantasy Football CU without the vowels. Um, that's my um, that's my handle on Twitter or on X as it's called now. And also on the website, there's lots of courses you can go through to really prepare yourself for next year's fantasy season and try to have the best chance of success. Thank you guys so much for joining us here. Um, we'll see you next week. God bless you all.